You are now entering the Back in Time podcast. We came, we saw, we kicked his ass. Welcome to a special retro episode. I am one of the hosts, Kyle Autry. JD will be joining me in just a second as we bring you guys a retro episode here. This one comes all the way back from November 21st, 2018. It was episode 67 of the podcast and we believe it was the first time that we were joined by Paranormal Pat who you can follow at ParanormalPat64 on Twitter. And he's got his Paranormal Pativity podcast and was the 2019 guest of the year. So we had a really good time with him on this episode and had him back several times in 2019. So this is going to be a really fun episode. I wanted to kind of pair this with an episode that we had drop on Thursday um, called The Pretender. So it's an interview with uh, Jim Toscano, who's the director of that film, and the star Mike Kunda. As, uh, the, the story kind of revolves around Mike's story, who is a just a diehard Rocky fan, and he's endorsed as the number one uh, Sylvester Stallone Rocky impersonator in the world by Stallone himself, has one of the top-rated tours in all of Philadelphia called Yo Philly, a Rocky tour, which goes for like four hours. There's a ton of information that you can check out, but follow those guys at pretender movie on Twitter. You can follow Mike at, I look like Rocky and he does on Twitter. And then their website is the pretender If you want to find out anything about his tour in Philadelphia, which should be starting back up now, uh, you can find that at the yo Rocky film tour.net for all those details. And then, as always, make sure you guys are subscribed to our podcast, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, and pretty much anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And then interact with us on Twitter and Instagram at Back in Time Pod and uh, Facebook. Just search Back in Time Podcast. You can find us on there or on the SIP Network, SIPnet.us. Bunch of great podcasts on there, but let's get to the Rocky episode. Enjoy, guys. We will be back in a couple days. This is Paranormal Pat from the Paranormal Pativity Podcast. Each episode, we dive into the paranormal and the supernatural. So please come over and join me on any of the platforms you can find your podcast. Was that a ghost or just your imagination? Let's discuss it. jump into some rocky we are joined tonight by a special guest we have pat from the paranormal pativity podcast pat welcome to the show man thank you great to finally be on with you guys yeah it's exciting to uh to get you on here i know we've gone back and forth on twitter and i've followed your show and it sounds like you've watched some of our episodes which is cool yeah and yeah it's exciting to uh meet somebody new we have I mean, we have like 10 minutes of bonding time, and then we're going to go through a whole hour-long episode. We'll see how this goes. (laughs) 
So, Pat, tell us a little bit. How'd you get into podcasting, man? I know you've had your show for a little while now. Yeah. Well, I actually started podcasting around 2009. I started with a, another friend doing um, a video game podcast. And um, over the years, that kind of faded out. I mean, we still get together and once in a while to record an episode. But my co-host is really not reliable. <laughs> gotcha. And um, in the midst of doing that podcast... Um, I had Brian from the Terrible Terror uh, come into co-host, and we were just the banter that we had going back and forth. We just decided, you know what, we should start our own podcast, and then we started the It Be Like That podcast. Um, and he, we used to record like every week, and then it was just getting too much for me. So I said, let's switch to every two weeks. So that's when he started the Terrible Terror. Yeah, and I said, well, you know what, I kind of I've been wanting to do my own thing. Um, I don't, uh, my own podcast, and I really like paranormal stuff, so that's when I started up the Paranormal Pativity podcast, which kind of makes me laugh because I've always been the, the co-host. Like, I, you know, I've always let someone else have the rings. I've never been the guy that just focused and doing all the talking. Yeah. And if you've listened to my episodes, you can tell there's a few times I'm just like, <laughs> I start to muddle and... <laughs> I, I lose my thoughts sometimes, but I still make it through somehow. <laughs> I, I know that feeling, I, and by the magic of editing, our audience never hears that from me, but I definitely <laughs> have some of that. Yeah, I definitely that in there. Like on my last episode, I was reading, I, was, I did it about the, the boogeyman, yeah. and I was talking about it, and um, there was a part, there was some, it was a word, I could I, I was reading it, and I was like, I could not even say it. So I just started spelling the word. I was like, here, you guys... Oh, you're not going to be able to figure it out by me trying to sound it out, so I'll just spell it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Where can our audience listen to your show? Yeah, we, you can uh, find me on Spreaker and iTunes and also on um, Spotify. Okay. And just simply looking up uh, Paranormal Pat, uh, uh, Paranormal Pativity, excuse me. And, uh, um, yeah, that's where you can find me at. All right, Awesome. Well, we kind of gave ours earlier in the episode, but what what's your first memories of watching Rocky? Remember, first memories of me being a little kid and watching it with my dad and my uncle. Okay, put, um, put a year on that. What what year do you think that is? My date Um, yeah, I'm gonna say. I think it was about seven or eight. So I'd say eighty eight, eighty nine. Okay. Okay, so you saw the movie early. Now, is this your favorite out of the the Rocky films? I know we've got about ten of them now, but um, <laughs> where where do you uh, kind of place these movies? Honestly, I gotta say my favorite Rocky is the third one. Rocky three. Uh, you know, with Hogan at the beginning, that whole scene was just awesome, and then Mr. T coming in. Uh, that that was just. I mean, that that whole movie was just great. I mean, that was my one of my favorite ones. All right, well, they, you, you have that in common with JD. <laughs> and then, uh, okay, so you, you like number three, and then what, what what's after that one? Um, I would probably say the first one, and okay. then I'd, I'd go Rocky four, and uh, and then two, okay. five. It's kind of eh. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually never saw Balboa. Okay. Yeah, so, Balboa's not bad. It's it's not the best. Creed Creed is actually better than Balboa. I think I, you'll I, I do, think you'll like Creed. I do. Got, yeah, I got to Creed. Like I was saying before we started, yeah, definitely check out Creed. But Balboa, though, I I have seen some stuff from Balboa, and it to me, I, it has one of my favorite monologues in it when he's talking to his son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that whole monologue I thought was that was really great. Which thanks to the hit show This Is Us, he's actually back in Creed 2. So they brought oh, really? him, brought that character back from life. Because he had been <laughs> gone for a, a couple of films now. So um yeah, so that'll be interesting. But yeah, so let let's jump into the movie. And uh we'll start right off here. And it's November twenty-fifth, nineteen seventy-five. And we have our first shot of Rocky fighting in a small town gymnasium. The fans are booing loudly. Rocky goes to the corner after the bell and says he's fighting like a bum. Rocky takes an intentional headbutt, which cuts him open, and he goes after Spider Rico, who knocks him uh, after he actually knocks out Spider Rico after the headbutt, and he's the winner 
On his way to the back, he taps the guy on the back and says, got a smoke? <laughs> then in the locker room, he puts on his Italian stallion robe. And he's given $40.55 for his win. And his opponent, Spider, made 17 bucks for the fight. JD, let's talk about Stallone here. This is, to me, his really his defining role as an actor, is it not? It has to be. I mean, he is Stallone, and he is Rocky, and another, this is Dust Bug. Now, on the street corner, we have some street performers singing. The guy who's hitting all the high notes here is Rocky's real-life brother, Frank Stallone, hitting the notes. Rocky goes by the guys and tells them they get better every single year, and then he arrives at his apartment where we meet his turtles, and he says, you guys should have seen me tonight. It was great. Uh, Pat, Rocky really has a fascination with animals throughout most of these movies here, uh, especially yeah. in the first film, though. But what did you think of this scene? <laughs> I thought it was just like, it just showed him, like, how basic and home he is. You know what I mean? He just got done with this fight. He won. He got his $40. And now he's at home with his, with his turtles and his pet fish, too. Pet <laughs> fish. <laughs> Yeah, which was he, um, Spurticus? I forget his name. Yeah, it was something like that, like yeah. Colossus or yeah. He's like, you like guys, that, yeah. you guys want to see him? And then he brings over the little tiny fish tank. Um, yeah, it's funny. So he does some self-reflecting in the mirror before he curls up in the bed for the night, putting a piece of ice on his head to uh, fix the cut. Next day, Rocky enters the pet shop and we meet Adrian for the first time. Let's take a listen here to Adrian and Rocky in their first face-to-face -face meeting. Hey, how you doing, killer? How's the turtle food this week? Fine. Me, I'm kind of aggravated, you know? I'm sorry. It's your fault. I'm kind of aggravated. You know you want to hear about it? Huh? I'll tell you somebody don't want to hear about it. Yeah, you don't, Lord. You know, the last turtle food I got here had more moss in it than flies. You know that, Adrian? And these moths, they get caught in the turtle's throat right about here in his paw, right? I gotta smack them on the back of the shell. What do you think they get? Huh? And they get what? Huh? Come on. Show shot. Right. They get show shot. What do you think? You're starting with bad jokes early, huh? Well, no, I just inventing jokes. It's so easy sometimes. No, that one Hey, how's my buddy doing today? Yo, buddy kid! JD, do you remember this scene? Yes, the first of them, an awkward interaction between Rocky and Adrian before Adrian really sort of comes into her own. She doesn't say much. She doesn't really look at the camera. She's so timid here. It's almost uncomfortable, right? Yeah, she's, she's definitely very, very shy. You can tell that right away. And he's doing his best. I mean, you do a pretty good Rocky, J.D. How, how would you uh, give me a little Rocky here trying to pick up Adrian in the pet shop? Hey, yo, Adrian, you know, I don't know. You know, maybe later we'll go do something. You know, I don't know. Maybe we'll do it all now. I love it. We also see Buckus here in this scene. Buckus was Stallone's real dog at the time and kind of similar to the movie where he, he doesn't have the pet at first and then he gets him later on. Spoilers. Um, but he that happened in real life where he had to actually sell the dog. And then when he sold the script for Rocky, he went back and bought him from the shop. So that's kind of an interesting fact there. Um, we go to the loading dock next where Rocky's collecting some debt. He tells the guy if he doesn't pay him some, the boss says, I got to break your thumb. And, you know, I'm not emotionally involved. You understand? The guy gives him 130 bucks, which is about 70 bucks light. And the guy begs him not to tell Gazo. Pat, is there a better loan shark name on the planet than Gazo? <laughs> no, I think that's, that's the top one right there. I always laugh when he said, yeah, don't tell Gazo. <laughs> I was like, man, what kind of name is that? And the other thing I liked about that too was how he's like, come on, man, I'll just wrap up my hand like you broke it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll fake it. Little trick thumb. Yeah, that's that's good. So we go into the car next with Gazo, his driver, kind of a jerk to Rocky. Um, but I like that Gazo, he's, he's a little hot at Rocky for not breaking the guy's thumb like he asked. He says it makes him look bad, but you know, he's he likes rock. You can tell he's got a, he's got a little bit of a sweet spot for him. And he just tells him, yeah, hey, next time, if I tell you to do it, make sure you do it. All right. Um, so we arrived next at the gym to find out that Rocky no longer has a locker. Mike, who works at the gym, warns him that Mickey's in a bad mood. And Rocky says, well, so am I. Let's listen to a clip here. 
with uh, our first shot of Mickey. I started working with Dipper. He's in a bad mood. So am I. about the setup here of Rocky losing the, the locker from a writing standpoint? It puts a lot of stakes to Rocky's character and it encompasses it in such a way that it's a, it's a small loss for him. It's losing a battle in the, the giant scope of a war. It's the first trip down a hill that'll lead Rocky down a path of either destiny or failure. And I personally love that we continue to just call people bums. Everyone's a bum. You're a bum. <laughs> yeah, a tomato. A tomato can. Yeah, just, I love Mickey's voice. I mean, how many, you think he smoked all the cigarettes in the world? He's a few short of a pack, but no, he, he's, done his, he's done his due diligence. Well, you got to remember, he used to be Penguin in the, the, the Adam West Batman, so he was always had a cigarette in his mouth. Oh my gosh. Yeah, good. That's that's why you're on here, Pat. Well done, sir. <laughs> I completely forgot he's penguin. I only think of him as Mick. Well, I, I think of him for three roles. Mick, the penguin, and then the dad and uh grumpy old man. Yes. Or the grandpa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The little horny old man. Still trying to get <laughs> after it. I love it. He's fantastic in the Twilight Zone. He's in an oh, episode wow. in the original series. Yeah, he's in a, a ton of stuff. All right, so we, we cut next to Rocky going over to the pet store again, and he's trying to offer Adrian to walk her home. He said, you know, it's cold out. If I were you, if I had the money, I'd grab a cab. You know, lots of creeps out there, you know? He says he's going home to, to make up a joke, and he's going to tell her tomorrow. She tells him goodnight, and then on the way home, Rocky stops by a bar. I love the fact that on his way into the bar, he picks up the drunk, brings him into the bar, and sets him on the table. He's like, you got a new friend. It just, <laughs> and then inside the bar, he's asking for Polly, who's in the steam room. A girl at the bar asked about his eye, and he says it was from a fight. And he's like, "You know, I did real well. You should have seen me." He says this throughout the entire movie. I love, I love that he keeps telling people, "You should have seen me. You should have seen me." Uh, Rocky yells, "Yo, Polly!" And he says that every night, every morning, he passes by his sister Adrian. He tells her a joke, but he gets nowhere. He asks if he needs a Cadillac to be able to connect with her. Polly tells him that she's not sharp. She's a loser. She's pushing 30. And he's like, hey, I'm pushing 30. <laughs> and she keeps it up. She'll die alone. Rocky tells him to relax. And then Polly says, you caught me in a bad mood. I'm pissed off. Rocky says, you're always pissed off. And then we have our first shot of Apollo Creed on the TV. Rocky actually compliments Apollo and says, the man's champion of the world. What have you ever done? Pat, what do you think of this scene here? Our introduction to Polly and a little bit of Creed. Really good because, like, it's funny because with Polly, and well, you'll get more of it obviously when when we get further in there. But like, Polly reminds me of my brother so much. <laughs> like, really, like, he's one of those guys that expects, like, he expects the world to handle something. Yes. <laughs> like, even in that scene, he's complaining about 
you know, I could have got married and did it. Like, he just expected, like, what? he's one of those people that's like, you have it good. Why don't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, then, he wants to get hired by Gazo, too. So yeah, like, oh. yeah, the whole time. Yeah, let me let me do that. Let me, I, I can I can collect money. <laughs> and then, the, yeah, the introduction of Apollo on the screen. That's one thing I thought was kind of funny, too. Like, he's sitting there telling everybody, oh, you know, don't be, be a thinker. Don't be a stinker. You stink when you do sports. Because you sweat so much, and then but you're walking around with all fancy clothes and your fancy wife and this big entourage. And you're telling people, "Yeah, you don't want to do this. There's no money in this." <laughs> Rocky <laughs> increased so though when he's like, "You're be a thinker, not a stinker." Rocky's like, eh, "That's true." <laughs> man, man's got a point. <laughs> and, and like you were saying, like how many times he said, "You should have seen me. You should have seen me." Did you count how many times he said the same thing he said uh, about Paulie? You're always mad. Like he said that to Mick too. He's always mad. Yep. He said like <laughs> so on the way home, Rocky runs into young Marie. Of course, if you haven't watched the entire Rocky se- series, she makes her way back into the to the series with Rocky Balboa. He's given her some advice here and says, you know, you use dirty words like that. You get no respect. Guys don't give you respect. You understand if you have to use a bad word, I apologize here, but you could be a whore. And he starts lecturing her all the way home. He said, you hang out with nice people, you get nice friends. You hang out with yo-yo friends, you get yo-yo friends. You understand? And as he goes to leave, she goes, hey, Rocky. Yeah? Screw you, creepo. <laughs> JD, first off, screw you, creepo. And what do you think of this scene? I like that we get the resurgence of the word creepo, creepy, because, you know, Rocky's warning Adrian that there's so many creeps out in the street. Here's Rocky being accused of being a creep, right? Yep. Um, and it's just, I, I try to position myself on the streets of Philly to see this. He's a, a leg buster. He's a, just a gorilla for the, the mob, the mafia. He's a great guy that everybody loves unless you owe Gazo money, in which case he's going to break your thumbs on huh? a little thumb break. Huh? Um, <laughs> he means so well, like, but you can't help but think of him to be like a Harrison Brewer kind of a guy that just. It's a, a head full of rocks and a heart full of gold. Yes. Very, very good comparison. Nobody gets that reference, but I do. Um, next, we meet Apollo Creed. We find out his opponent has a fractured hand. and He's going to have to pull out of the fight. Creed wants another opponent as quickly as possible because they only have five weeks. Let's listen to the promoter in Creed going back and forth here of every worthwhile contender and they all say the same thing five weeks just isn't enough time to get into shape oh shape nothing man they're afraid now they know everybody in the world's gonna see this fight and none of them got a prayer whipping me so they're making excuses so they don't have to be the chump to get whipped in front of the whole civilized world all i can say is i'm a good promoter i've promoted fights in every goddamn country in the world and i've broken my ass over this but i don't know what the hell else to do I did. Without a ranked contender, what this fight is going to need is a novelty. This is the land of opportunity, right? So Apollo Creed on January 1st gives a local underdog fighter an opportunity. A snow white underdog, and I'm going to put his face on this poster with me. And I'll tell you why. Because I'm sentimental. And a lot of other people in this country are just as sentimental, and there's nothing they'd like better than to see Apollo Creed give a local Philadelphia boy a shot at the greatest title in the world on this country's biggest birthday. Now, that's the way I see it. And that's the way it's going to be. Pat, what'd you think of this scene? Well, it's, it's, it's funny because he's trying to talk about how I'm sentimental. Or it's going to be great to give a local boy a, a, a chance. But, like, deep down, you know, he, like, he's... He knows it's going to be a pushover fight for him. It's just so he can get a fight in, he can beat up someone, make himself look good. And, you know, he, it's a nobody, right? So, who, you know, hey, we gave a local boy a chance. Couldn't do it. Right. So next we have Gazo and Rocky. They're talking and uh, Gazo's asking about his date with Adrian. He gives him 50 bucks and tells him to take his girl out and have a good time. Rocky's like, hey, how'd you know her name? He's like, ah, you don't think I hear things? A lot of canaries around here. The driver says, hey, remember what I said? Take her to the zoo. JD, obviously this wouldn't fly in the PC era of today, but what'd you think of this scene? 
take it to the zoo. Um, again, I, I just, I really struggle with who Adrian is up to this point. Because being that she's such a quiet character, she's so shy, she's so timid, that when you get a line like this, you can't help but think, oh, did I misinterpret who she is and, and a lot of her character, which I think throughout the series, we learn a lot about her. She grows to be such a strong female presence, both in Rocky's life and in the franchise. But yeah, lines like this and dialogue like this, they don't really fly. They don't hold water in it. Next, Apollo and his trainer, played by the late Tony Burton, are thumbing through the bios and pictures of all the local fighters when they stumble across Rocky Balboa. Apollo says he loves the name Italian Stallion. The promoter says he's never heard of him. Apollo says it's the name Italian Stallion. The press lead it up. Think about who discovered American, an Italian. What would be better to get it on with one of its descendants? Apollo's trainer says, nah, he's a Southpaw. I don't want you messing with no Southpaw. Southpaw. Apollo says, Southpaw, nothing. I'll drop him in three. Pat, what do you think of this scene? That's, once again, it's just like that overconfidence, you know, and thinking that a guy named uh, the Italian Stallion, who's a nobody, and, and all the press is going to bring him. And like I said, it's just him just being overconfident. Rocky and Polly are arriving at his house next for Thanksgiving dinner. And Rocky's asked him several times before they get to the house, does she know I'm coming over? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's good, it's good. So they arrive. Adrian, first thing she says is, I didn't know you were bringing him over here. <laughs> and then she gets <laughs> mad. She's not ready to, to do this. She doesn't want to go on the date. And Polly's pretty, uh, pretty mean to her here. He calls her a loser and says that she needs to get out of the house. Polly goes over to the oven, tosses the turkey outside into the alley, and that makes her cry. In the process of throwing it, though, he managed to pull off a leg. And he's eating it with a beer as he walks back into the to the living room. Rocky thinks he should just forget about it, but Polly insists, you know, just go go be funny. Go tell her a joke. So he knocks on the door and he's like, hey, you know, it's uh, it's Rocky, you know. You know, uh, why don't we just hang out, you know, maybe we can get together, you know. And he says that about a hundred times. Um she finally opens up the door. She's dressed and ready to go. JD, what do you think of this scene? You know? It's very cringeworthy, isn't it? Like, you, you have a lot of sympathy for the for Rocky. I almost called him The Rock. He's <laughs> not The Rock. Um, <laughs> you have a lot of sympathy for him. You realize he just is very intimately curious about who Adrian is. Like, there's a lot of genuine tenderness for his affection to her. And Polly, while completely unhinged, seems to be the only adult in this situation. Very true. And he's going to go off the hinges here pretty soon uh, in a couple scenes. But real quick, we love to talk food on this podcast. Pat, I'm a ham guy. JD's a ham guy. Where do you fall, turkey or ham on Thanksgiving? I, I got to go turkey. Okay. I usually have ham for Christmas, so I, I got I to gotta go with the turkey. Barbecued it though. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Got a barbecue it. I like that. Um, I tried it deep fried last year. That was the first time I've had that. Amazing. I was like, oh I my god, you don't you don't have to dry this out and make it horrible. This is good. <laughs> nice. That's why I barbecue it. Keep it nice <laughs> so they arrive at an ice rink next. The guy tells Rocky they're closed, and Rocky says, "Hey, do me a favor, will you? You know, this girl, she's a little sick. You can see. Uh, I just need a couple minutes." The guy says, "Okay, ten minutes, ten bucks." Rocky tries to walk him down to eight. He won't budge. He offers nine. The guy's like, come on, 10 bucks. It's the holidays. So they get the ice. Rocky's kind of walking around. He's not wearing the skates because he says it's bad on the ankles. And he's explaining his boxing career and how he never got a big break. And he still fights. But, you know, now it's more like a hobby. And you know, he says the trouble is, you know, I'm a southpaw and throws off the timing. And nobody wants to ever fight a, a southpaw. So. He says, and she's like, well, you never got your chance because you're left-handed? And he's like, yep, absolutely. So as they're skating, the guy is giving a minute-by-minute minute countdown, which cracks me up. He's like, eight minutes. <laughs> yeah, and Rocky, Rocky's trying to get in as much as he can as they're on the ice here. And he's just talking her legs off. Um, interesting fact, this scene wasn't actually meant to be a an empty ice rink. It was supposed to be with everybody there and kind of crowded. 
but because the production had slowed down that day, they actually missed the ice rink being open. So it was closed down for the day and they had to quickly rewrite the scene and go shoot it with an empty rink. And that's why there's nobody there. So kind of on the fly. JD, what'd you think of this thing here? I kind of really like this scene for two reasons. It's sort of, you know, from a screenwriting perspective, it offers a dual perspective into one offering exposition to Rocky's background in his history. But at the same time, it frames it in a way that he's breaking the ice on of this first date where he's indulging her into who he is. So he's not just telling the audience about what he's gone through and the trials and tribulations that he has encountered as a boxer. He's telling Adrian, which is kind of a hard thing to do from a screenwriting standpoint, where you often find yourself just trying to vomit details so the audience can keep up with where the story is. But I think what Sloan does here fantastically is he tells it to Adrian instead, and the audience is still watching it, which is, it's, it's very subtle, but it's done very correctly. On the way home, they're making small talk. They arrive at Rocky's place, and before they go in, Rocky mentions that he's had 64 fights. You know, look at this nose. Never been broke. Really proud of that. So he opens up the door to his place, invites her in. She's very apprehensive at first, but she does go inside. Rocky makes some small talk. He shows off the pets, and she's like, I know, I sold you the pets. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, I, your first day, yeah, I bought these turtles and the rocks. And he just goes on and on. It's safe to say here, though, Rocky's looking the beak. Pat, what, what do you think of Rocky's game here with Adrian? I mean, hey, first date, shy girl who barely wants to talk to him, and he got her in the apartment, and he's 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 feeling like he can go, you know, the distance, all twelve rounds with her. I mean, I I don't I don't know if he if he went the distance. He had a double though, at least <laughs> a double. I mean, who knows what happened? If it jumped the wall or got stuck in the corner, we don't know. Well, the. The, the moan that right before they switched the scene made you think something else might happen. <laughs> it, yes. Real quick, uh, I was going to say uh, about the ice skating scene real quick. Yeah, Have go ahead. Morning, Did you find it kind of funny that he tried to haggle that money down when he got a free 50 bucks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got 50 bucks from Gazo and then tried to Jew the guy down to eight bucks. <laughs> that is awesome. I'm sorry, Kyle. Did you just say Jew the guy down? Yeah, you wanted to be politically correct and not say uh, take her to the zoo because she's retarded. <laughs> yeah, I skipped that part. <laughs> Mickey tells Rocky in the next scene that somebody stopped by looking for him. So they're probably looking for sparring partners for Creed. Rocky says, oh, yeah, when were they here? He's like, I don't know, a little bit ago. All right, yeah, they're probably looking for sparring partners for Creed. He's like, I just said that. <laughs> he out on him. Let's listen to Mickey blowing up on Rocky here. I said that before, you dumb dago. You know, I've been coming in for six years, and six years you've been sticking it to me. I want to know how come. You don't want to know. Yeah, I want to know how come. You want to know. I want to know. Okay, I'm going to tell you. Because you had the talent to become a good fighter. And instead of that, you became a leg breaker. And I'm cheap, second-rate loan star. To live in? It's a waste of life. J.D., what do you think of this scene? Mickey really giving it to Rocky here. I like it because it finally gives some perspective to why Mickey hates Rocky so much. And Rocky is such like a dynamic character, but at the same time, like he's almost an anti-hero in that he is just a henchman for Gazo. Right. He's a leg breaker. He's, he's not a good guy in any way, shape or form. Like just because he doesn't break dude's thumbs earlier on doesn't mean that he didn't break some other guy's thumbs another time. Okay, you're going south on Rocky. I don't know if I like this. Hey, yo, Adrian, you stuff on nobody. You know what I'm saying? All is. So Rocky arrives at Jurgen's office and he starts to tell Rocky about a proposition that he has for him. And Rocky cuts off. He's like, I know you guys are looking for sparring partners and. I just want to say, I think I'd be a great sparring partner. And, you know, Mr. Jurgen, I wouldn't take no cheap shots or nothing. And Jurgen's like, no, hold on. That's, that's not why we brought you in here. Now, would you be interested in fighting Apollo Creed for the heavyweight championship? Uh, no. 
just, you know, I, I just, I fight in clubs, you know, he's the world champ, you know, this would be such a great fight, you know. Durgan asked if he believes that this is the land of opportunity. Rocky says, yeah. Well, Apollo Creed does, and he wants to prove it to the whole world by giving an unknown the, the opportunity of a lifetime. He picked you, Rocky. Don't let it pass you by. What do you say? So we cut to Adrian's house. Rocky's turning on the TV, and we see Apollo talking about Rocky. He says, if America has proved anything, it's that anyone can win on any day. Rocky gets called to the podium after Apollo gives him a couple pokes and cheap shots. Polly says, do me a favor, as long as you punch out. Rocky says on TV that Creed is the best. He'll have to do his, uh, his best that day and put on a good show. They, uh, they say, you know, your pay is going to be $150,000 for this fight. What do you plan to do on it? He's just like, They're like, hey, you got no comment, do you? And then uh, he ends with a shout out to Adrian. Pat, what do you think of these scenes? I I just was cracking up the whole time, like especially like when he says the pay one hundred fifty thousand. You got Paulie rolling his eyes in the back of his head, and then <laughs> then he just had to you know show like he's just like that simpleton, like you know he, he's never been in the limelight, right? Um, uh, with the hey, yo, Adrian, hey, Adrian, hey, like yo, hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, it's got a little bit of like the. Uh... Will Ferrell from that racing movie when he's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Like he's just, he's so awkward up at the podium. Um, Talladega nights. There you go. Shake and bake, baby. So Paulie and Adrian have a little blow up before Rocky leaves. And before he leaves, he says, you know, I said that stuff on TV didn't bother me none. Well, it did. And he walks away next. He's with Gazo and he gives Rocky 500 bucks for training. He says, you know, you've never had any luck, but I think this time Lady Luck is on your side. He takes the cigarette out of Rocky's mouth and tells him, hey, you're training. Come on. And before he leaves, Rocky runs over to see if he's going to be at the fight. And Gazzo says, ringside. Of course, I'll be there. J.D., throughout the beginning of the film, I, we talked about this earlier. There's there's like a real lack of self-confidence that Rocky has, kind of a need for approval. Why, why do you think that's important to the storyline? In any sport or any athlete has that sort of connection that they make with their coach, but Rocky doesn't have a go-to coach. He's been denied by Mickey. He's mm. gone through the ropes of trying to impress everybody, but impressing nobody. Right. And so I can only assume that there's, you know, a prequel movie that can happen where you know, Rocky falls under Gazzo's wing and he realizes, hey, here's somebody that finally likes me, that pays attention to me, and that compliments my my work to the ribs and to the body. That I it just it just seems like such a natural, easy way for him to fall into the influence of organized crime. Yeah, that that's a great point. And not only does he not get that from Mickey, but when he told him who he fought, I mean Mickey like could not stop laughing. He's like, Spider Rico. <laughs> guy's a bum. He just like, he couldn't stop laughing. Uh, so yeah, that's a great point. Now we're back at Rocky's apartment. Mickey knocks on his door and he tells Rocky that, you know, what happened to you is just freak luck, kid. Rocky doesn't argue that. Mickey says, I'm here to warn you. You ain't going to get another shot at the title. He says, what you need is a manager. And I know because I've been in this racket for 50 years. Rocky's listening here, but he's kind of disinterested. Eventually, he even goes into the bedroom area and turns his back to Mickey. And on the wall, we see a photo of Rocky Marciano. I don't know if you guys are boxing fans. Rocky Marciano, I believe, was 49-0 and 0 when he retired. One of the great fighters of his time. And he says, you Rocky know... Rocky Marciano. Rocky Marciano. Every time we talk about boxing, don't white man. Gotta bring up Rocky Marciano. <laughs> So Mickey says, you know, you uh, move like him. You got heart like him. Rocky says, but I ain't got no locker, do I, Mick? Mickey continues talking about Rocky, and he's just ignoring him for the most part. He's throwing darts. And Rocky says, hey, Mick, I needed your help like 10, 12 years ago, but you weren't interested. Mickey says, well, you should have asked. Rocky says, I did, but you didn't listen. He leaves the apartment, and Rocky finally comes out of his bathroom. He starts yelling. Balls. He's like, my house stinks. What about my prime, Mick? 
And he continues on for a couple minutes, just screaming as Mickey walks into the road and leaves the apartment. And then finally he stops and runs after him and gives him the job. So Mickey's going to be his manager. I thought this was a pretty powerful scene between these two guys, Pat. What do you think of the scene between uh, Mickey and Rocky? I agree. I, I feel like they, you know, they finally aired out all their grievances that they had, like at that point, even though it was, it was like Mick coming with a little bit of humble pie, trying to offer, you know, tell him, Hey, I'll be your manager. Let's do this. Right. And, and then Rocky finally snapping like in the scene prior when Mick snapped on him and it's like all their dirty laundry, all the stuff they kept inside was finally out. And Rocky realized, Hey, I actually do need him. Um, because he's gotten me this far in a way by all the tra- you know, training. And then I also feel like they, he, they realize, I mean, look how similar they are. Um, how many times did Rocky pull out? Hey, look at, I got a clip from when I was fighting, yeah. you know, and then here, here comes, here comes uh, Mick, you know, Hey, look, this was me at this age. And Hey, look at this fight here. He, he's, he's doing it like, they're like the same person just in different eras. Yeah. So that's, that's a really good point. They, they really are. And then the next day we hear, and this, this has become like an iconic Rocky scene here. He gets up, his alarm goes off, he walks over to the fridge, and he cracks about four or five eggs right into a drinking glass and just chugs it. I mean, this is 70s, boys. We have no CGI. I mean, he really just downed a bunch of raw eggs. JD, have you ever tried this? Oh, you know I have. Okay, how'd it go? And one is very rough. <laughs> Doing one egg, it's so slimy for him, to, and it's five that he does. Yeah, is just, and it's so funny to watch him as he gulps it down, and it spills all over his chest and down his dribbling down little little sausage down his jaw there, and it's just, you know, it's just horrible. But he puts on a brave face. I wonder how many takes this took them to do. I feel like it was a one take, and then a cut, and then him going. Just thrown up all over the place. He's like, oh, I'm gonna only do this once. So start filming. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever tried that, Pat? Actually, I haven't. Okay. I either. used to uh, when I used to make protein shakes. Uh, I used to, I used to put raw eggs in them sometimes and mix it up. I never did a straight shot of raw eggs. The raw eggs I eat is cooked though. So <laughs> I agree with that one. Rocky goes outside, it does almost zero stretching, and then starts running down the streets of Philly. As he's running, he's kind of punching in the air. We got this beautiful Bill Conti score playing in the background. Rocky climbs the steps at the Philadelphia Art Museum, now affectionately known as Rocky Steps. And these are legit. I was in Philly a couple years ago, ran the steps, had a heart attack, and then went back <laughs> down the steps and uh, took a photo next to the Rocky Three statue where Clubber Lang crashes the unveiling. Uh, so that's actually at the bottom of the Rocky stairs now. Pretty neat. Uh, we cut to the meat packing center where Pauly works. Rocky's stopping by to talk with Pauly about Adrian, and they kind of argue a little bit, and Pauly punches the ribs of the meat. And then Rocky's like, let me go at this. And he just starts blistering these ribs. His hands are bleeding everywhere. And as he's about to leave, Pauly says... You know, if you do that to Apollo Creed, they'll put us in jail for more <laughs> Pat, what do you think of this scene? <laughs> it was it, it was another just great, like, you know, like the other scene part two where he's hitting the ribs, like, uh, uh, they're, they're just sitting there arguing, and then he's like, Paulie's like, oh, you're, you're busting the ribs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I love Paulie's accent, too. He's He's so good in this movie. Well, and that, and it's such a just a great scene of foreshadowing for what Rocky does to Apollo in the final scene. Yes, it is. True, I like it. Adrian's taking care of Rocky's hands in the next scene. He wants to fool around a bit, or I'm sorry, she wants to fool around a bit, and he gets mad. He's like, "Hey, no, there's no fooling around during training. I want to be strong." JD, do you subscribe to the theory that women weaken legs? No comment. Okay. So I, I just, I just, I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, growing up in sports throughout high school and college, you hear both sides of the story. And at the end of the day, you just have to be focused and whether or not the women weaken the legs, I think it's a myth. Yeah. It, it's, I think they actually did this on Mythbusters. I, I heard it on a podcast, might've been Joe Rogan's and they brought that up. He's like, no, that's so stupid. He's like, if you, 
if you don't ejaculate for two months, you're not going to have any testosterone because you're holding it all in. So it's actually healthy for you to do that. He's like, I'm not saying like go have an orgy right before you're supposed to go play a, a football game or a UFC fight, but I mean, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, um, it might help your cardio. Exactly. There you go. Gets the heart rate up. You're you're in good shape. So, so we've got some training footage next. Mickey Mickey's kind of fixing his balance issues. He ties his feet so if he breaks the rope, then he knows he needs to get them back where they need to be. A couple of girls stop by to get an autograph and Mickey snap snaps and tells them to get lost. And then he tells them, move your little chicken asses. And then he tells Rocky to lay off the pet shop dame. Women weaken legs. Rocky laughs and says, okay, women weaken legs. Gotcha. So Rocky arrives back home next. Adrian has bought a, a present for him and it's Buckkiss from the pet store. So they have that nice little moment in the streets. And then we get a shot of Rocky running, and he's has a new training partner. Buck Buckus is making the runs with him. He arrives at the meat plant, and Polly's kind of, I don't know, he's he's kind of hit him with a little side door here. He set up a press, and they've, they've come in the film, and Rocky's kind of mad at first, and then they kind of laugh as they're talking about Adrian and how she really likes him. And I, I love that during the interview, they have to stop the recording because the guy's like, hey, uh, the meat guy is sticking his head in the shot again. Pat, what do you think of this scene? I feel like, I feel like uh, even though Paulie's older, Rocky looked at him like a little brother. Yeah, you know, it's like he, he he's always doing something and he's always getting mad at him. But the two seconds later, you know, he's like, I don't want to do no interview. And also, he's like, All right, let's go do this. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, like, you know, Paulie just having to do that whole stick his head out. I have to be in the scene. I set this up. Why am Why am I not a part of it? Right. Yeah, and there's a part at the end of the scene, too, where we see Apollo's trainers watching this footage on TV, and he's like, yo, Apollo, you need to come look at this guy. He means business. And Apollo's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean business, too. Yeah, yeah. And he just goes <laughs> back to, like, what he was doing. Interesting. He's not taking him very seriously. Polly arrives home drunk in the next scene, and he overhears Rocky saying to Adrian that he doesn't know what Polly wants from him. Let's listen to a clip here of Polly and uh, Adrian kind of going out of here. This ain't no charity case. Get out of my house. It's not just your house. You're no friend no more. Get out of my house, I just said. Don't talk to me like that. Fuck you, get out of my house. Yo. Cold outside, Polly. I don't want you missing, though. And I don't raise you to go with this scumbag. Yeah, come on! Want to hit on me? Come on! I'll break both your arms so they don't work for you. JD, Burt Young bringing the heat with this scene. What'd you think? It's a little overacted. But really? Wow. You don't think so? No, I think he's awesome in this. I mean, is it over the top? Yeah, it kind of calls for that, though. He's drunk. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, fine. He's he's drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I love this scene. It's a great scene, and we we get to see Adrian, I think, you know, take a big step in her character arc and what she's going through and what all of that Polly represents to her and what Rocky means to her. And 
for us to be able to see finally just the shortcomings that Polly is dealing with. And even so, as he's just bashing up like the pictures, like, is that not him in like a Marines uniform that he just uh, bashes up on that table? It is. Good eye. So it's like, you know, we have a guy who used to be something and now is nobody and now is best case scenario, which is him throughout the franchise is just coasting on the coattails of Rocky and at the best he's in the shadow of his sister. Hmm. There's a lot of despair to be had. It's deep. I feel like his sister was like the one person he had control over. He doesn't have control over his life no more. He has control over over uh, Adrian, who's you know who he kept a quiet little mouth, and now she's completely you know changed. Being Rocky, Rocky's brought out her confidence and showing that she's not a loser, that she is somebody. And you know now that can't control her, you know he feels like he his, his whole world's out of control, and he can't he's no one to have under his thumb anymore. So we cut to training next, and Mickey tells Rocky that he's going to be able to spit nails. You'll be able to eat lightning and crap thunder. Rocky goes to the bathroom, and he's going to take a quick shower. As they leave, Mickey's talking to the cut man. He's like, I think we got a winner here, this kid. And he goes to the body like no other. Polly shows up, and he wants to talk to Rocky for a minute. He's kind of hit the bag a little bit. He says, you know, um, be all right if I you know, made some money off your name. I know about advertisement. Rocky's like, what do you know about advertisement? But you know what, Polly, if you can make some money off my name, go ahead. So we start this epic training montage next with Gonna Fly Now playing in the background. And as we see Rocky, he's really picking up his training regimen. He's getting stronger. He's doing one-handed push-ups. He's running the stairs. He's punching the meat. Pat, what do you think of this montage? I thought it was great. Great training scene. But one thing I think is funny is that he has a... Uh, I'm going to forget the dog's name again. Buckus. Buckus. He had Buckus. He started running with Buckus one time, and I think that dog said, shh, shh, shh. I ain't doing all this. <laughs> I'm out. Because <laughs> you, don't, you don't see him again running with him at all. <laughs> nope. Just Rocky. We get to the night before the fight. Rocky is... I, I assume this is late at night. We don't really know. It's pitch black. He arrives at the arena, he goes inside the ring, and he sees this giant poster of Apollo Creed, and then he sees himself, and the promoter, Jurgen, shows up. He's like, what are you doing here, Rocky? So, Mr. Jurgen, they got it wrong. I'm wearing the white shorts with a red stripe, not red shorts with a white stripe. He's like, it really doesn't matter, does it? You're going to put on a good show, I know it. Interesting fact... What happened here was this was just an error by the by the the people that run all the design and uh, all the costumes. They they designed it wrong and they showed up the day of and they're like, well, we can't do anything about it. So they had to rewrite the scene again and kind of make a little joke out of the fact that it really doesn't matter about his shorts being the wrong color. J.D., what do you think about that? No, that's kind of a cool little meta detail to, to sort of chime in there with that it's just that happens you know it happens in every job in every industry it doesn't matter what you're doing accidents happen and you know what it doesn't matter i do like to be that person stallone walks in he's like what are we shooting today okay i got this scene he turns around he's like, what's wrong with those shorts why are they red what yeah, yeah i'm wearing white shorts oh shit well too late we already got this 40 foot poster can't change anything, and he's just got to go re- rewrite the scene. Producers in a nutshell, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Nope, Do matter. it. <laughs> so Rocky get the scene done. Rocky arrives home. He sits on the bed and tells Adrian, "Can't beat him. He's he's, he, he's I'm not even in this guy's league. He doesn't. It doesn't matter what he does. He, I was a nobody before. I'll be a nobody after. And it doesn't matter if I lose this fight." Nothing matters. He can open up my head. All I want to do is just go the distance. Nobody's ever gone the distance with Creed. If I do it, when the bell rings and I'm still standing, I'll know I'm not just another bum from the neighborhood. Very emotional scene here. We even got some real tears from Stallone. Pat, what'd you think of this scene? It just shows that, you know, here he's fight training this whole time. You know, you think he's ready for this fight, and then reality's starting to sink in. Like, Wait a minute. 
I've never had a professional fight fighting the champion. This guy is undefeated. No one's ever gone the distance. That's what I want. And his one of his biggest fears also is that the shorts are the wrong color. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in the locker room next. Rocky and Apollo are get, going through all their preparations. Rocky kneels in prayer. And Mickey tells him it's time to go, kid. Rocky compliments Adrian, and he tells her not to go leave town. And right before he goes to leave, he goes, does this robe look too baggy? She's like, okay, good luck. Get out of here. Uh, so Rocky goes out to the ring, and Mickey tells him, I didn't train you to be no billboard. Rocky says, I did it for a friend. Polly gets three grand, and I get to keep the robe. Mickey's like, ah, shrewd. Rocky makes his way to the, to the ring, and then Apollo makes his way to the ring in a float. Dressed as George Washington, throwing silver dollars into the crowd. And uh, the audience gets a kick out of it. They're cheering for him. Um, this is really very David versus, versus Goliath here. Rocky comments that he looks like a big American flag. Creed is shouting, Creed in three! Creed in three! JD, what do you think of the intro to the ring? It's a fantastic comparison and juxtaposition between each of the characters, right? Like, we've seen and we've learned everything that humbles Rocky. And all we've seen about Apollo is, what is, what, what is his catchphrase? Be a thinker, not a stinker. <laughs> yep, that so is Creed in three, yep. Creed in three and his three-piece suit. So the fighters are introduced to the crowd. We see Gazo in the audience. We see Pauly with his date, which cost him 200 bucks. Uh, 250. Uh, oh, 250. Yeah, <laughs> Remember, I, Pauly says 200, and she yelled out, uh, 250. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I never heard her correct him. That's awesome. I got to go back and hear that. And he's like, how's the robe? And Rocky's like, it's baggy. He just keeps walking. So we see Smokin' Joe Frazier making his way into the ring to greet the fighters. Creed says, he's next. They playfully kind of arm fight a little bit, and then they meet in the middle of the ring to face off. Creed again kind of messing with Rocky here, like, put your mitts up. Come on, let's go. And the announcers say they've never seen a fighter that concerned with his hair. As he takes off his top hat, the fight begins. Creed begins to pump jabs right into Rocky's face. Rocky swings and misses wildly a few times. Apollo misses, and Rocky knocks him out with a huge left hook. The announcers say it's the first time Creed's ever been knocked down. Creed gets up at 7, and he starts to pour it on Rocky in the corner, but again, they go back and forth, and Creed is he's trash-talking. He tells him to calm down when they kind of lock up. Rocky gets knocked down, but he gets right back to his feet. As the round end, Mickey says, Your nose, it's broke. How's it look? It's an improvement. In Apollo's corner, they tell him that this guy doesn't know it's a show. He thinks it's a fight. You need to finish this guy now. So Apollo comes out firing in round two, putting a hurting on Rocky. But towards the end of the round, Rocky starts to really tag him here. He's going to the body hard. The bell rings, and they have to pull Rocky off of him. Pat, what do you think of the first couple rounds here? Yeah, it's great. And the corner, um, Apollo's corner sums it up perfectly with the, you know, he doesn't know this isn't, this is, he thinks this is an actual fight. So you better start realizing that it's an actual fight. Yeah. And Rocky's there. He's like that uh, when he gets that first connection and knocks him down, he's just like, he's showing him, I'm here to, I'm here to do this. And you see the look on Apollo's face, like, wait a minute, what the hell just happened? <laughs> He's like, I haven't been even training. What's going on here? Yeah. So if we flash forward really quick here, so it's it's just a montage real quick. You see like the cue cards move in. It says round seven, round 10, round 12. And both fighters, I mean, they're getting the best of each other. They're back and forth. It appears that Creed is maybe getting the upper hand a little bit, but then we see him in the corner. His face is just swelled up. Like he's been stung in the face by a hundred different bees. In Rocky's corner, Mickey tells him, you know, you need to you need to stay down. He's been knocked down. We think the fight might be over here. But Rocky uses the ropes. He gets back to his feet right before the 10 count. And we cut over the Creed, who just takes this big inhale, looks at his corner. He's just like, God, what is keeping this guy up? So he comes back in to finish him. 
Rocky slips a punch and lands four hard uppercuts right to the ribs, breaking Creed's ribs as we go into the 15th and final round. In the corner, Rocky tells Mickey, you got to open my eye. I can't see nothing. Cut me, Mick. Both corners threaten to stop the fight. Creed says, you ain't stopping nothing. And Rocky tells him, if you stop it, I'll kill you. They start the final round. They're real cautious here of each other. They just kind of circle for a minute or two. I thought they were going to lock up like this was Andre versus Hogan at the, <laughs> at the dome. Paulo lands the first one, too. And then Rocky slips the next combo, starts landing some bombs to the body. And he starts pouring it on here. Creed can hardly punch. He can't move. He's just holding his rib. Rocky lands a massive left hand as the bell rings. And they kind of embrace for a second. Apollo tells him, there ain't going to be no rematch. There ain't going to be no rematch. Rocky's like, good, I don't want one. And the <laughs> ring fills up with both corners. And Rocky's yelling for Adrian. She makes her, ring, her way to the ring. He's fighting off all these reporters. The announcers say, we have a split decision. One judge scores it 8-7 Creed. One judge scores it 8-7 Rocky Balboa. And then the final judge scores it 8-7 for Creed. Adrian makes her way into the ring and tells Rocky that she loves him and the credits roll with a battered Rocky hugging Adrian in the ring. JD, what do you think about the ending of the film here and the, the fight? You know, it's been a it's been a little while since I've seen this movie in its entirety and i really feel like this last ending just happens way too quickly sure Sure. like i felt like you know watching them go blow to blow i feel like chumba wumba needs to be playing like i get knocked down i get up (laughs) again (laughs) um that doesn't happen but you know like just waiting for that to happen but I don't know. And then to me, like the ending is symbolic of what matters to Rocky. He doesn't want to win. He doesn't want to lose. He wants to go toe to toe the entirety. And he does. And his response is, and the crowd is echoing over his ears. Like he doesn't even listen. He doesn't care. Split decision. Apollo wins. I win. It doesn't matter. All that matters is Joe Adrian. Yeah, they they save the winning for part two. There's definitely a lot more fighting in the sequel with the boxing and the back and forth. But um, Pat, movie's 42 years old. How how do you think this movie's held up over time? I I think it held up great. Like to me, I always say there's certain movies. If you're into sports and you need motivation, there's certain movies to watch. I I still say Rocky is one of the number one one to watch. And it, to me, it held up. And to me, because it shows, even though that, yeah, he didn't win. But his main thing was, like you said throughout the, how many times did he say it? You should have seen me. You should have seen me. But no one's like, everybody's like, fight all these uh, low-ranked fighters. You know, you know you're a bum. And yeah. his main thing was to prove I can go toe-to-toe with the best. And he did. He did. And, and crazy the, to even say this, but 42 years later, we got a new sequel that's in theaters in two days. Yeah. This, this franchise is still freaking going. It's insane. So Creed two will be out, I believe on Thanksgiving day. It'll, yeah. I think it comes out a day early than normal. So, uh, or at least it'll be out that night. Um, but Pat, thank you so much for joining us on the episode, man. Um, uh, one more time, go ahead plug your show and plug your Twitter. Let our audience know where they can find you. Well, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And you, Thank you once again. You can find me on um, Spreaker, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. Just look up Paranormal Activity Podcast. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ParanormalPat64. And you can email me if you have a story or if you want to be on a podcast to talk about your, your experience. Just uh, ParanormalPat64 at gmail.com. All right. Awesome. Check out Pat. Follow the show. Um, we're going to be off next week. I may post like an old episode or uh, I got, I'm working on an interview right now from a documentary. I'm hoping I get it. It's about big country, Bryant Reeves, the old basketball player. So if I wow. get the interview, I'm going to, I'm going to get that on here. We'll see. Fingers crossed, but we'll be back first week of December with Scrooge. JD real quick, tease it for us. Um, what do you look forward to most when we discuss Scrooged? 
So big shout out and a big thank you to everybody that voted on our poll to bring Scrooge to Back in Time podcast. This is my go-to Christmas movie, and I'm looking forward to celebrating second Christmas with Back in Time podcast with all of our viewers and listeners. That's going to be a fantastic episode. Yeah, looking forward to it. And all as always, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, pretty much anywhere else you can get your podcast. You can uh, follow us on social media at Back in Time Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can email us at backintimepodcast at gmail.com. But it's that time of the episode to climb back into the DeLorean, punch in today's date, and return back to present day. Thanks for listening. See ya. I get knocked down. I get up again. They're never going to keep me down. Like that. Like that.